So a while back, we had a very candid conversation on um, this podcast, uh, really reflecting on a family secret, a immediately, uh, an immediate, I would say immediately, but an immediate family secret that we've held as sisters for a very long time, um, navigating the journey of Toya's education and how she was robbed of her education due to a decision that was made by, you know, our parents. And I say parents because even though one officially made the decision, the other just stuck with it and didn't really, you know, couldn't really navigate out of that situation the way that she should should have. Um, and so we talked about how it played a role in our family dynamic um, and why it was so costly. But we really didn't follow up and talk about like what was life like navigating that aftermath and, you know, the different conversations that we've had and how that conversation still exists today. Mm-hmm. Because it's a conversation I mean you have consistently, right? So for those of you who are listening and tuning in, if you haven't had a chance to um, tap into a costly decision, the episode that we recorded way back earlier in the year in April, um, please do so so that you can have a thorough overview when you come to this conversation that we're going to be having on um, our politics segment but I definitely felt like it was something that we should unpack because we've been reading a lot about the you know effect that children have to you know deal with when they are suffering from parentification or what happens when you know family create different types of financial burdens right what does that look like we often hear the child versus you know the child being a financial burden on the parent and the parent having to carry the child well into their 20s well into their 30s well into you know some people even their 40s um but we don't hear enough conversations about what that looks like when the child has to carry, you know, a family um, and when they don't necessarily have the means to do so. So today's conversation is really going to unpack different costly decisions, but sharing, you know, the narrative of what we've experienced growing up together and how that path looks like now, right? We talked about you going to school, um, having to pick up the pieces, being robbed of your education, you know, getting your GED, starting that journey at the age of 18, um, and really just questioning why, what's going on, why is this happening, um, and how we could have had avoided this scenario as a family by just prioritizing what was most important. And when people are not in the best mental space, especially with their mental health, Um, when they process things according to what they are prioritizing or they're living in a world that looks very different from the world that we are existing in, it can be very troublesome. And I know a lot of us are not having these type of conversations or we're living it and we're living it very quietly because we are embarrassed or frustrated or don't really know what the hell is going on. So today we're going to unpack a costly decision, part two, taking it a step further And I would like to welcome you all to the Bro Black Bougie podcast, where we create candid conversations about life, money, and wellness for young black women. And it's relatable because we've all been there. Women happen to make it on less than our worth. We do it while setting trends, spreading black asthma, and ultimately busting our tails to live our best life. Are you ready, buddy? I'm ready. Well, I'm ready too. Let's get into the politicking segment. You know, the most interesting thing about the discussion that we've had um, on a costly decision is how some people feel like it is so unbelievable that this is a reality we as sisters were living with, but you as a woman, Toya, had to experience Mm -hmm. um, and how that has played a role in your adulthood today. And I think some of the questions that we often get is, you know, did any family members find out about it? Did people know, like, what resources existed? Why did we ourselves hold that secret for so long, even though we know that it wasn't right? Mm-hmm. And that you did not deserve to be kept kept out of school, mm-hmm. you know? And if it didn't work for one child, why would the option even be offered up for another another child to endure the same thing? Like, it, it there, nothing of that nature makes sense other than somebody has space is not in the right 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 state of mind for them to even see that as an option so 
what we talked about and I guess what got it going for the conversations we we um are having tonight on this segment is talking about what that experience was like when our grandmother ended up finding out. Right. Um and I guess we can pick up off of there navigate to what you went through after that, you know, going through the GED program and we'll take a pause and, you know, make some time for feedback. Yeah. So let's um, go. Uh, uh, the first time that secret has had ever been revealed to somebody, mm-hmm. and I think that's the only person that truly, 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 truly knows what has taken place, mm-hmm. was my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Because she was asking for a long period of time about getting tickets to graduation. Mm-hmm. Her and, um, Lord bless him, my uh, Uncle Rich, mm-hmm. our related Uncle Rich. Yep. And it got to a point where I, it, it's so vague of how she found out, but I was in her vicinity and we were just discussing things and then she was asking, so when I want to get tickets to your graduation, blase, blase. And it came to a head where I had to literally tell her grandma, I have not been in school for a period of time and there will be no graduation as of right now because I have not been in school. Mm-hmm. The look of disappointment on her face along with disgust, I will say, and yet having to talk to my parents about why in the hell, of course she don't cuss, but why in the hell I was not in school. Um, that was the toughest, toughest thing to, to hold on to. It was more so after years of holding on to that quote-unquote big secret it was more so you think about it not discussing it or re or like kind of redirecting questions when you're being asked from other people whether it be friends or family about when you're going to be graduating this that and the third you're you're automatically creating the cover so it's not only lying but you're trying to cover up the lie that you just told not too long ago and remembering what you said before to cover up that lie you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it's a domino effect but after a while you can't hide it no more and I, and quite frankly, I got tired of, 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 of lying. I mean, I can, I could have easily said, well, I'm not able to graduate because I don't have enough credits. Mm-hmm. I could easily said, I, I can't graduate because I have to do summer school, you know, but even that at that moment didn't cross my mind. It was more so of me saying, listen, I can't hold on to the secret no more. Mm-hmm. It's not a secret at this moment. And it should have never been a, it should have never a, been a, a secret. secret. Yeah. You know, it should have never been a secret. It should have never been so much time that had passed that things couldn't have been done differently. Right. So with her finding out, she was very disappointed. And she she went off on um our parents. Mhm. Why it wasn't why she was out of school for so long why you couldn't even bother to call me to put her back into a public school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it, the options weren't limited. There were plenty of schools mm-hmm. to attend, especially in our hometown. Right. So it wasn't like, you know, there, were, there weren't any options. There were options. It was just like the type of household and how one of our parents ruled with an iron fist. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things where it's like you have to be here because I want you to be here even though it's not financially feasible for me. And for, I don't mean because y'all, but for the life of me, I couldn't understand that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're you're telling me that I'm going back to this school that you cannot afford. Right. I told you from the gate before you even register me into this fancy private institution, you didn't have the means to do so. Mm-hmm. But... The option was not keep you out of school for so long. This is the only school that you should go to. That should have never been the option. It should have always been to enroll you. And I think what makes this story even more frustrating is the reality that tax season will come, mm-hmm. where there was extra financial and that will go. room. And that will also go. And that would go. Um, there were moments where there was some financial you know there'll be be a windfall which is i wouldn't say a huge windfall but like maybe one thousand dollars two thousand dollars extra that's coming into the household that wouldn't be put towards you know your education and getting you re-acclimated into to a program and so it is abuse essentially for you to be barred in that way from Mm -hmm. your education and even though 
you know, from the discussions that we've had with our mother, it may have looked like, oh, woulda, shoulda, coulda, didn't, mm-hmm. right? And we'd have conversation, and it's just like, what, what were you thinking? What was going? What was the process? Mm-hmm. You know, why wasn't you able to to utilize your voice or or be be the way that I needed you to be for me as a parent mm-hmm. to lift the stress up off off me? There was way more trauma being created, like I said previously, in the household mm-hmm. because. The contention always was, when am I going to get back in school? It was always, I was always, I was always press, excuse me, pressing that issue. Mm-hmm. It was never a day that went by that I didn't press that issue. Yeah. It was never a day that I was purposely throwing that up in the air as a topic mm-hmm. of today, of today's discussion. Mm-hmm. So I don't care what day of day or time of the week it was, you're getting an earful because I'm asking, I'm asking you the critical question why not just place me into a regular uh, a public school? Because I was placed in a public school. Yes. I was going to school in a public school. Right. Even when there was an option of, you know, th- there being a, a conversation that was held saying, oh, I'm going to put her into a, 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 a Nazareth. You can one of your daughters are not in school right now because of that. So it would it wouldn't make sense. So me getting put in, like what made it such a problem that you couldn't be put in? It just didn't make logical sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it intentionally speaks to how traumatizing it is operating in a household where you don't have a voice mm-hmm. being women mm-hmm. and where you also don't have a voice just as kids trying to trying to understand, all right, I'm supposed to listen to my parents, but right now what my parents are doing is not working no, for me. No, exactly. My thought process about that, when you mentioned about uh, going to, when when he mentioned about going to put you, try to put you into the same exact school that I was enrolled into, I'm like, at that moment, I didn't stay in no child's place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My opinion mattered at that moment yeah. to say, I don't think that's the best option for her. And I was at a very young age. I had to be, Maybe Still, 17. 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. So you're going to put her in the same situation you placed me in, knowing that you can't afford this. What would make you think it would change only from a few years now <laughs> right. that I've been out of school to right. put her in here? Right. What benefit would that, would that, what, what, what benefit would have been if, to, if they would have did that to you? And then my thought process is you got into the school that I was accepted into before I was told that I couldn't go to that school because of me being a fucking nerd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It mind fucks me. Yeah. Because I didn't understand that logic. I didn't understand what in your mind you thought that this was the best option for me and also thought it would have been the best option for you until I said that makes no sense. Yeah. The the troubling thing about it all is that there are so many nerds and, and smart kids who get a public school education. Mm-hmm. And it's not our fault that these institutions oftentimes don't have the resources, the money, or the the drive Mm -hmm. to show up for us the way that they need to. Mm -hmm. Not all, but some, Mm -hmm. especially the individuals who work there Mm -hmm. who don't have a clue in how to cater to black and brown folks. Right. Period. Right. But I think there is something to be said by the manipulation that goes into, you know, this type of conversation that we're having. Mm -hmm. Because you're saying that one of your children is a fucking nerd, but it's like, no, I'm not a nerd. You want me in this school because you think this is amazing and one of your friends has another daughter in this school but they also have two parents who are working it's two house income this two is extreme difference compared to what we were dealing with yeah when we were dealing with extreme poverty yes and so to be able to identify like you know there are some weeks we are not eating there are some weeks we um we, we can't sleep there are some you know we were very much so underweight 
well underweight, you know, and not having the things that we needed, malnourished. You know, you talk about food insecurity to the 10th power. You talk about, you know, not even being able to have normal doctor visits or dental visits because you can't afford to pay a copay. Like that's real ass decisions that people are making. And then we come to a very crucial decision here and it's just like, there was no way that it even made sense for you to go to 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 a school of that nature that it just wasn't financially achievable for us you know to be able to sustain our household and also have you go to school knowing the situation that mom had to go through we were barely surviving yeah barely with one income that was paying for every single thing in that household mm mm-hmm. And then you tack on something that's going to take a chunk out of what you're already trying to put into the household. Right. It's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. You're, you're, you're not even robbing Peter to pay Paul. You're asking David or John if they can end up helping you. You're, <laughs> you're trying to ask more people to help you. Yeah. And it's just it's not, more than Peter and Paul. It's, 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 it's John, it's, David. It's, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just like. Bruce with it. Yeah. I, it just, just the fact <laughs> that <laughs> you're, you're not thinking. And I can remember plenty of times where the call will come in about being late about a payment and yet him having to explain to the people like, listen, it hasn't even hit the account yet. But yet there was a certain time frame of when they were paying the tu- they had to get tuition money mm-hmm. from us. And it was aggravating. It was annoying. You're trying to give me this fucking experience. And yet, you know, this is not helping. I can remember days I would go to school and yet in lunch, not even had anything barely to eat. Yeah. Cold French fries from, you know from home mm-hmm. that was it yeah it's 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 amazing how i i didn't commit suicide or 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 really just 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 we just would have been in a a, a, a institution because I can I can I can remember vividly every night there, 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 there was no there was not a moment that I didn't think about graduating right and wanting to go to school and wanting so to go bad. back and I'm hanging and you're, you're giving me this fucking empty promise and yet it's never happening mm-hmm. every year goes by your income tax you're getting paid you're getting an extra G for me because I'm under the age of 17 so right. and I'm, I'm thinking too, yeah. I'm thinking that okay so around income tax you'll be able to pay off whatever it is you gotta pay off and I can get back into school that never happened yeah it was never a in our eyes it was never a priority and and that's where I'm like okay so why is it that I'm already thinking about when I'm going to get back? Mm-hmm. Even to the point where the issue was pressed about, well, let's place her into a public school. And that was a no. That was a hard-ass no. If two people who are in a marriage are discussing something that they're not agreeing upon, especially when it comes to a, comes to their child, that's a problem to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because at this moment, do you take upon his word or what he's telling you? Or do you go go and do it just just go do it yourself because you know that what's happening to your child is that every day that every day that goes by information is 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 literally seeping away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know I'm not where I should be academically because I'm out of school. Right, 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 right. And it's ironic, you know. I, I'm sitting here as we're talking about this. I can remember when we first um, got me enrolled into the program for the GED. And I can remember, you know, after being in the program for however many months mm-hmm. um getting to the point where i had to take my uh test to, uh, to receive my ged mm-hmm. it was based on a certain point scale that you had to pass in order to obtain that ged yep and before you begin the test there was a there was a slew of questions that was asked about why were why were you not in school or what was the reason that you're taking the ged test none of those questions pertain to me except for others Mm-hmm. None of those questions pertain to me except for other. And I just marked other. Because the explanation is so long. The explanation right? is, is it's uh, it's like, ridiculous. It's like I was out of school for three years because my father put me into an institution he could not afford. And he refused to put me into a public school, although my sibling was in another public school. He refused to put me in a public school because he believed that this was the only place that I should go. 
And I was out of school for not one, not two, but three years from, from my freshman year all the way up until my senior year, where there was money, even though we were very poor, there was still money that was coming in, like I said, during tax season. Tax season was those, what was, was those seasons where it's like, oh, we have extra money mm-hmm. and we're going mm-hmm. to do things. Mm-hmm. That wasn't invested in mm-hmm. schooling. When there was a um, an environmental emergency that we had and, you know, there was a payment that was received for, you know, some damage that was done to, you know, our, um, our basement and our rental and um and our well now I'm not gonna say our rental home because we didn't own it, but the rental home we were living in, you know, there that wasn't a priority, and what this truly is is absenteeism. It is truancy where you are away from school for a long period of time without good reason, and the only reason you were kept out is because your father wanted you to go to a school he could not afford. He did not have the money for. He did not talk to people about getting you back enrolled in school. He did not reach out to those who were either friends or loved ones who had money who could get you back enrolled. He stayed in his own world and barred you from your education and barred mother from also being able to put you into school. And seeing the way that that created toxicity in the household was that you let too much time go past. Mm -hmm. We think we have so much time and we, and we don't. don't. And when it was time for you to re-enroll and you were 18 and they finally got the money together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They finally got the money together and they said you would have to pay double. He was like, man, this is some bullshit. Like, I can't believe this. And it's like, no, no, no. The, 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 the thing is, I can't believe you. Mm-hmm. Who was ever there at the time should have asked. Mom was there at the time. When we went. No, no, no. I'm talking about the, the workers for the school should have asked. Where else has she been going to school? It wasn't a priority, buddy. Why have you ha- why have you, you you taken so long? You mad at, at them. They're not the problem. You're the problem. And you're putting the issue on the institution instead of you not prioritizing the options mm-hmm. to get your child enrolled and getting out of this weird false universe that you live in. That shit created a lot of trauma, mm-hmm. a lot of mental health issues in mm-hmm. our household to the point where when the discussion would even come up, it would be such a violent time in that house. Mm-hmm. And I could not stand to see it. I could not even stand going through school and trying to teach you what I'm learning mm-hmm. because you weren't even in school. And we six years apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fucking... <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. But, you know, I wanted you to do that for me because I'm like, listen, at this moment, you are surpassing me where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. I, finished out, I finished out my ninth grade year and I should have been walking into my 10th grade, which I did pass my ninth grade. I saw, yeah. I saw my report card. Yeah, I know so you I, did. So I was able to go, I was able to progress on into the 10th grade. I didn't make I didn't make it into a classroom into the 10th. Mm-mm. I didn't make it into a classroom until the 11th. I didn't even make it into a classroom until the 11th grade. I made it into a classroom where I had to to be refreshed all over again to do a GED. And never in a million years I would have accepted that. But that was my only option. And it, it's so hard because... And I think, you know, seeing people get ready for school, you know, new, new school year, people putting in their clothes on, um, um, you not even having a, a, an investment in, in the clothes you're receiving because you're not going to school. Like, that is so traumatizing. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, no one really knows the weight of what you've had to deal with. Mm-hmm. But you, because you experienced that. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't, It when I say it doesn't make sense, it's like, it, it's kind of living in hell. And when you say something and you say something too late, well, why did you wait so long? You wait so long because of our household. Protection. Protection. Protecting, you know, the people who are supposed to raise you and not harm you. Protecting the peace of the household. Mm-hmm. You know, often hearing what happens in this household stays in this household is so fucking traumatizing to our community because we hold so many secrets in the black community. Mm-hmm. 
we hold trauma, we hold people who have harmed us and we protect them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we don't, we don't speak to anybody because it's like, well, you know, you, you, you tell everybody your business, fuck that. I need to save this foundation because this foundation is crumbling. We need to have a real conversation about how the decisions that the, our loved ones make can be so costly to our fucking future mm-hmm. and how these things continue to happen. Aside from even, you know, th- this experience alone, you hear kids who get out, get, get, get out or, or they make it to graduation and then they, they get kicked out of their house or they're required to have all of their shit together at the age of 18. And at the age of 18, they need to be paying four to five bills. And it's like, your child is not a fucking ATM. And not only that, you do hear, you know, the stories of somebody having to step away because they're taking care of one or two other siblings mm-hmm. and yet their parents are working I mean, d- I mean, double hell, even more, even more time. So being out at work trying to make money, and yet even then they don't see their parents, you know. Or there's a, there's some there's some there's some drug dependency, there's some alcoholism, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. other things that are happening within the household where somebody is being pulled from their education and they can't necessarily focus. They're trying to make sure that not only themselves are okay, but their their, their younger siblings are all right. And I would just like to relate this back to like exactly what you said. You hit the head on the nose. There are more serious issues that are keeping kids away from school. Yeah. In your case, a father's decision for his own ego was not one of them. No. No. And what grandma was getting at was how this is unfathomable. I said it right this time. (laughs) I came close. Listen, I'm going to ride with you on this one. Okay. We know what you mean. (laughs) Yes. Like, there's no way that I could even think that something like this could have happened. Mm-hmm. But that's fear. That tells you this, the, the state of what we were living in and what we were going through and how mm-hmm. sometimes that type of control and order can can definitely be be very harmful. But, you know, I say this to say, you picking up the pieces... Mm-hmm after getting your GED, knowing you wanted to go to college, Mm -hmm. that also faced its own set of hurdles. Mm -hmm. Because originally, before you went to a a community college to obtain your associates, Mm -hmm. you went to a for-profit institution Mm -hmm. that was someone nudged, you know, one of our parents and said, yeah, this is the right way to go. And it's just like, oh, Lord. If I would have known the things that I've known, that I know now about that institution, I would have never went. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't waste two years of getting what I got from there. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess the blessing in that, per se, is knowing that I was able to ob- obtain employment based upon the knowledge that I received from them. Mm-hmm. And where you but, graduated in your I, class. And where I graduated in my class. But it was still something that was BS to those who have uh, obtained something and those who are probably still looking for work, those who were cut short in their programs mm-hmm. because it closed indefinitely. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's a lot that goes in behind even for-profit colleges. Let's just say Corinthian colleges who have been known to target minoritized, marginalized communities, um, in particular, black and brown students who promise them that, oh, these institutions are going to give you great education. You're going to be able to get directly into work. Oftentimes, we see so many of us go into this because we're like, great, we don't want to have to deal with a whole bunch of loans and this, that, and the third. And we get into these institutions and we can't even get credits transferred to move on to a four-year. You know, we're starting backwards. Right. Um, and then it comes down to loans where the money, the amount of money you owe back to this institution is way more than some people even make, you know, in one year right. for for the type of jobs that they're filtered into. Right. And so, you know, there is so much to be said about um, for-profit college and exploitation of those who are poor and the exploitation of black and brown people who are seeking education. But I think for the purposes of this, it shows how, like, once again, the um, the lack of research, the lack of, of understanding, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. what it is that you needed mm-hmm. filtered you into a place where it was like, this ain't it. No. And you have to start over again. Yeah. 
And that's okay mm-hmm. because you got your associate's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm extremely proud of you. Mm-hmm. And that was a feat, in, feat within itself. Because I was battling uh, different health problems. Yes. During the time that I was up trying to obtain my other associates through um, a community college. Yeah. So I had some minor setbacks, not once but twice. Yep. A hu- like huge. Huge minor setbacks. Health, yeah. Health, due to health reasons. So... Even that, I'm like, listen, I can't. I was doing a part time thing, and then after a while, I was like, I need to get this as soon as possible. So, so I that just, you could filter into a bachelor's. I just yeah. need to filter into a bachelor's. That was my whole goal. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going gung ho with not only working full time, but also going to school full time. So I would literally leave work in all my scrubs and everything, have my, have my equipment that I needed for school, mm-hmm. and bring that stuff with me. And I'm traveling into the quote-unquote suburban area to get to <laughs> where you needed to go I needed to get to yeah and that was an everyday thing you know i even find something to be so um in tune and if you're if you're listening and you're wondering why you hear that noise it's because we are in a room we are in a room secluded recording but we are on a main street so sometimes you hear noises and with other podcasts you just make it do what it do when you start them from scratch okay exactly. so we're making it do what it do um but you know another thing that i think about is the other challenges you had to navigate because as you were going back through your journey with you know um getting another degree i was already i believe finished with undergrad mm-hmm. going on to grad school and so the process is often like and i really hate this oftentimes we see it a lot especially with our community, we make comparisons. Mm -hmm. Why is the little sister further than the older sister? And why is it that the older sister is here doing X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, why is it that da-da-da-da? There are so many questions and different things that people have, and they don't necessarily understand the full scope of what people have had to endure. And they make dumbass comparisons, or they talk out the side of their neck without necessarily understanding the different plights Mm-hmm. in our journeys mm-hmm. and it's like if you don't ask you ain't never gonna get an answer but even if you do ask i'm not gonna motherfucking tell you because it's really one of these things where you not you you feed in for information mm-hmm. and the information already exists if you know you know mm-hmm. right um but it's so frustrating because it's like oh like like what's going on in this set and the third and i recognize that the reason why mm-hmm. If we want to talk about, we talk about all the time where we recognize that education is not the great equalizer in this society. It's not. Mm-hmm. Because it's not the only thing that you need. And when we talk about people who get out of college and they go to school, then, oh, where they're at with their finances and this, that, and third. For black women, we carry a shit ton of student loan debt. Yes, we do. Okay? But when you want to talk about our processes, the reason why it was much more seamless for me is because I didn't have my fucking education intercepted no i went from school straight into undergrad straight into grad school mm-hmm. and the only the the only factors that really did play a role was family dynamics of course mm-hmm. and the different things that i went through with my mental health and just trying to grapple and pick up the pieces for myself but in reality mm-hmm. the reality is my shit was much more seamless because of my education not being interrupted. You get your education interrupted, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Your education has been interrupted plenty of times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I think that does speak to a lot of why our experiences have been different. Mm-hmm. But how I've always been there for you every step of the way to support your journey. Mm-hmm. So I... um uh, when you when you was talking about how when people want to know oh, or do the comparison thing mm-hmm. between siblings, why she's so farther along than what her older sibling is, and yet what's going on? What's the, what's, what's 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 happening? Uh, uh, like has anything taken place? You know, everybody does not have your best interest. Oh hell no! To know what's going on with you, right? Um, because they wanted just to use that information just to spread it around to other individuals, and it's almost like telephone. You mm-hmm. you, you you get one message, you give the message to the person, all of a sudden by the time it reaches the third or the fourth or fifth person, the the total message message excuse me has changed. Yep. So, you know, um, and I I've, I've evaluated a lot 
I I mean, excuse me. I have I have thought about a lot. No, you um, were right. You were right. What you said, um, yeah. With with everything, and um, for the life of me, I think that'll be one thing I can't fathom. Mm-hmm. That'll be the <laughs> amongst other things. Yeah. But this one in particular, I it will resonate with me forever. Yeah. And Lord willing, with having children. To give them the history of what I've been through, mm-hmm. the broke black bougie babies. How do you, how do you begin to to explain your journey? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, there's been there's been help. It's been huge delays within my education, and yet even with me now progressing forward to my bachelor's, um, and understanding that. You know, with us having that secret for a long period of time that we held, it was doing us a true disservice. Yes. If it was thought about at that time that we were so young to, but you know, like you said, our father ruled with an iron fist with certain things. Mm-hmm. It kept us away from so many people. We were almost in seclusion. <laughs> Ooh, we were in seclusion. <laughs> yeah. Um, more so than not really keeping a, a, um, a, a, tight, a tight seal on our lips to not say anything because of fear of what may have happened or just like, you, like I said earlier, protection. Yeah. Um, but yeah, things possibly could have changed earlier on before it got, it got into that uh, quarter of a year or the second year or the third year. Even before the first full year, even the moment that you we, we we didn't have the money for you to return it should have been an automatic call how do i figure this out how do i get from point a to point b it should have been is there a payment something. plan is there something that i can do to get her initially in yeah as i you know as we progress can i work my way into paying off whatever it is that i owe to you guys yeah and you know as time went on and knowing how much it costs i'm like so we waited all this time to pay this off and now I can't even get back into the fucking school that you wanted me in so fucking bad because now you got to pay it? double. I forgot how much it was but it wasn't to me, to me I think it was probably a little bit over a G. Mm. I think it was a little bit over a G if I'm not mistaken. That's just my vague memory at that moment. I can remember walking into the admissions office with my mom and yet being told that now that she's 18 it'll be double because of how because of how old she is so basically i'm 18 i'm starting from 10th grade i'm not even starting from 12 i'm starting from 10th 11th 12th by that time i'll be 21 i know some people who went to my old high school um edison and even though i didn't know them i knew i knew of them let me just say that mm-hmm. where they were around the age of 21 in school mm-hmm. trying to figure figure things out mm-hmm. but they had different journeys and experiences and things of course that they, they, they were, were going still, through they were still in the present of being in school right but i think for for you in particular at that time it was kind of unheard of seeing someone in, at that age be in that class when they should be like you should be out of mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. right yeah mm-hmm. But even the fight to not get the get double the money or you know call somebody up again, it was just like. But even with the, the call GED up, didn't have to be the route. But even with the call up, would it would it have been worth it to stay in? To say, hey, listen, I need your help to get Toya back into school because even with even with that, you're still struggling yeah. with the monthly payments. Mm-hmm. So why not just place me to a public school? Yeah, it could have been the the easy solution, but even that wasn't it. It was just like, oh, okay, like that wasn't even end. a solution. That wasn't even that wasn't even a solution. Right. Another another solution. Which I think it like this experience has made us recognize what solution exists in our lives when we have multiple problems, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And what are the different routes we can take, mm-hmm. and what specifically what should we do? in order to advance and what does that look like because mm-hmm. i think we we you know even we find ourselves now as women being much more logical in the different challenges that exist mm-hmm. 
and really learning that this is a lesson that we should have never had to experience. Mm-hmm. But because we have experienced it, it has made us very much more conscious mm-hmm. of how we should move and the things around us and the things that we don't necessarily understand. But you're right. It just, it, it wasn't an option. And it's one of those things for me being your your baby sister, I think about and I'm just like, it doesn't feel right. Mm-mm. Even having to explain and have a conversation about it, it still irritates my spirit. Because how do you really have a conversation like this? Because it seems like it's, it, see, it, 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 it sounds surreal. Unbelievable. It sounds like it doesn't even, it, it, it doesn't even make any sense. And I remember having a close, I remember a, with a close, close friend of mine, um, I, I had to break that down and explain to her what I've been through in my life. Yeah. And the look on her face was like, Toy, you can't be serious. Yes. Yes. I'm, very I'm, serious. I'm, I'm very serious. This has happened to me. So imagine me now trying to put my pieces of my life together. It's almost as if my, my, my life is a fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting, I'm not getting paid for none of this shit. Okay? <laughs> literally, literally, not getting paid for none of this shit. Yeah, but it's just me put putting the puzzle, the puzzle together that was left with just three pieces, and nobody bothered to put the put those other pieces to, pieces together with that. It's it's, it's left empty. Mm-hmm. You know, we see the picture right here, okay, but it's not the whole puzzle is not together as of yet. So I am slowly putting things together for myself. There are some pieces that are still missing, but I'm working towards making sure this puzzle is complete. It's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a messed up situation because I would have never thought in a million years that would, that would have been my, my story at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like your high school years are your most prized possession. Those are the things for, (laughs) those are the things that you, you, you work towards. You know, you want to go with the SATs. You want to go to your, your junior prom, your senior prom. I never had none of those experiences. Right. I never even had an opportunity to have a class ring. I never even have an opportunity to look at my graduating class that started off with me. And say your final goodbyes. And say my final goodbyes. Yeah. Or, you know, see you soon. See you soon. And that was the last thing I left with before I, that I, that I that, you know, I never returned. Mm-hmm. Um, my last and final day of ninth grade, and we were all, you know, my group of friends and I were all in the auditorium theater, auditorium, and we were just talking about, you know, going being, you know, done with the summertime with blase, blase, and yet we'll, we'll see each other soon. And I can remember looking at them and telling them, I'll see you guys later. And yet, I would, I would never return. Mm. Never return. Mm, mm. So, the last time I walked away off that, off that school, those Campus, schools ground, yep. I never returned. And when, when I finally do, do return, did return, excuse me, I was with my mother to pay off a, a debt that was owed three years back. Till now, I'm 18 years of age, and it's like, what the hell? So I was 15 turning 16 in the 10th grade. Supposedly in the 10th grade. Never happened. So I finished out my, my year at the age of 15 in 9th grade. And that was it. There's so much to be said about the different variables that have played a role Mm-hmm. And I think that it really rips my spirit mm-hmm. to to just as we reflect back on it, it's it's so troublesome because it's just like, you know, all I hear is just why, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and there are some questions that we still as children don't have the answer to. No, and you know we don't have. Um, these type of discussions where emotional availability exists mm-hmm. to um, not necessarily on our end, but mm-hmm. 
just with, you know, our elders to just talk and, 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 and really unpack what went wrong and how to make things right. There's still a bunch of trauma that definitely does exist and linger mm-hmm. um, and that has existed off of solely this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, the deepest um, connection that I think about, you know, as it relates to your experience is the role you have to take on once you were working Mm -hmm. and how you became not only an additional um, income in the household, but also the crutch that was lent on when there wasn't no no other money. Mm -hmm. You play the role as the ATM, the bank, the lifesaver, and it's the same individual who was financially um the same individual being you know carrying the financial burden of of a family is the same one who was robbed of of an experience that she can never get back mm-hmm. right and so i even think about how that experience alone has strengthened me yours relationship mm-hmm. with you being a parent figure to me mm-hmm. you know so there's so many challenges and different things that we we've weighed and we hear all the time people be like i don't fuck with my parents and that's just that like i ain't fucking with family members let me tell you and let me be very frank when i say this there are some things that have been done you know that can never be taken back Right. And that definitely shifts your relationship once you are older. Yes, it does. And we have all the agency and the boundaries to say, I don't want to deal with this person Mm -hmm. because of what I've experienced and been through. And Mm -hmm. I know that every time I reopen this can of worms, it's harm. Mm -hmm. It's harm and I don't want to feel that again. Mm -hmm. Now, some of us, when we get into it with our family, we just stop fucking with them all together and don't have an explanation or anything. There's just complete silence. Mm -hmm. You know, others of us, and we've seen this in our family, you don't see them for a long time and it's fine. And when you see it's just like, yo, you know, Mm -hmm. but mostly it's been cut off is just simply the cut off. Mm -hmm. And when your kids have kids and when their kids have kids, there's a degree of separation and people don't know nobody. People don't know names. People like we related, but that's all we, we essentially know. Right. I think for me setting a firm boundary up has been very helpful because like I said with one parent we've been able to have this conversation with our mother Mm -hmm. where we can tap in when we can talk about what went wrong Mm -hmm. and even if there is no explanation how can we heal our relationship Mm -hmm. on the other hand there has been a lack of accountability Mm -hmm. right and not with mom Mm -hmm. but with our other parent Mm -hmm. and so it's so hard to find Um, a common ground in a way where, you know, people can move and act like nothing has ever happened and not do the work that they need to really heal and and rebuild, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And I think we have the choice to choose whether or not we want that to happen or not. And we should not be harmed for, for that. And this doesn't even go... I think this isn't only a representation of the conversation we're having right now, but with anybody mm-hmm. who's experiencing trauma from their loved ones, mm-hmm. that should definitely be something we we wrap around and, and, and consider. And it's and it's okay to, 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 to create those boundaries. Um I think uh I have created some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um uh the i'm still it's it's still it's still it's still a like i said it's still a a thought in the back of my head of a what if you know mm-hmm. what if this would have been dealt with differently what if this would have been dealt with differently and you know just like you said that having the adult conversation where we can truly unravel the feeling or the thought process about what took place with that situation. That was a long period of time. Yep. What was the thought process behind that? Because obviously none of us understood it, and yet will we ever even get to that point because of the emotional maturity mm-hmm. that some of us have and some of us don't have? Yeah. So can you honestly be able to be vulnerable enough to say, hey, like, I, I was wrong. I was dead-ass wrong. 
you know? Mm-hmm. At that time, you were somebody who I was dependent on. I was waiting for you to make the decision to do what you needed to do as my parent to make sure that you were you you were protecting me at all costs and all that fell through the window. It ended up being a costly decision. Very costly. That would have long-term effects and implications on not the outcome of your life, but the experience you would face throughout your duration, mm-hmm. you know, throughout your path. And even it affected your financial wellness. Mm-hmm. Right, because when you were in school getting your education, you were also older. Mm-hmm. And everyone loves to say that their 20s is, oh, so, you know, nah. ghetto. And it is, because adulting is very much Oh, ghetto. yeah, yeah, that. I was thinking about the, 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 the partying aspect. You oh, like turned up, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that wasn't really the thing. But, you know, I definitely think it shifts your experiences of you being able to do the things that you want. You know, the type of friendships you've had, mm-hmm. um, just like even, you know, um, just certain things like exploring and, and, and going out and that, that, that shape, that. Mm-hmm. But when we say adulting is ghetto, I think for you, it was like even more ghetto because you dealing with ghetto ass shit on top of ghetto ass shit on top of ghetto ass shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And nothing that's making nothing that's making any sense. Right. And at a very young age, having to deal with not only my the the ignorance of. Uh, someone's trying to tell you that they want to put you here and, and knowing in, within my spirit and in my soul that you can afford it, but yeah, somehow, mm-hmm. some way, you're, you're thinking mm-hmm. that you can mm-hmm. and it's not registering, bruh. You're trying to add, you're trying to, do, you're trying to add two to two <laughs> saying that it's five. Nigga, how did you get the extra one? Right. I don't know, but okay, I don't understand this, but I know, logically speaking, it, but yeah, it just didn't make sense. It didn't make any sense. On top of that, it affected your financial wellness Mm -hmm. journey as well Mm -hmm. because you weren't really able to work, you know, and still very much so reliant on the same household. Mm -hmm. Like you're pushing through your education and you're relying on the same household Mm -hmm. um, that is financially insecure and we're still poor, right? You going to school did not change that, you know, Um, and so navigating going to school, trying to pick up the pieces and then being so financially vulnerable often also put a strain on you that you've was just like, what is going on? Like, will this get better? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I always say that we have to check our foundation, mm-hmm. the foundation of the home that we live in, because if that foundation is fragile, so is everything else mm-hmm. that exists within that household, the people, you know, from the adults to the kids, mm-hmm. You know, um, and we're all facing our our different challenges, but it it's so much more healthier to say what we need to say in a way that we are protecting of our space, of the energy around us, of the people around us, um, of of the future, right? Of of this household, like that shit matters. And I just want us to gotta, you know, like I, like you said earlier about our community, just really ignoring these major secrets that have been crippling your family at the foundation. Mm-hmm. That some of us, a lot of us may know, some of us may not know. Right, a few right. may know. Right. But yet, you know, the secret is, is detrimental. Right. Um, at, at what cost do you not say anything? Mm-hmm. It took me three years to say anything. Mm-hmm. Just about three mm-hmm. years to say anything. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally said something, pressure was taken off my shoulders about that particular situation you just felt a weight of release was i hurt by how it was addressed by grandma hell yeah because she she was upset but out of her frustration i felt belittled Mm. Mm. and like everything that you guys try to do like look how like look what the fuck i'm dealing with now right you know, it didn't come out that way. It came out in, in, in my young teenage self way about telling them, like, you guys, I just, I can't even fathom this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of secrets we hold on to, and we always had, I hate that damn phrase, what happened happens in this household stays in this house. I don't know who came up with, came up with that bullshit. But we but heard it a lot. We heard it a lot. And yet, you don't put it back in your business. And yet, you keep your mouth shut. That's always been told to us. But then I'm like, after a while, you're like, well, what the like, what the hell? What, what's happening in this household was killing me at this moment. Right. I am crumbling. And you don't seem to fucking get it. 
Mm-hmm. You always want to try to soften it up where you're going to be, get back into school or whatever little colloquialisms you had in your pocket to say to us. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that shit didn't help. And everything wasn't all right. It wasn't. It wasn't all right to watch the first day of school. No, it and wasn't. And see kids with their latest fits getting onto the bus and walking to the bus stop to be transported over to, you know, where they needed to go. It, it you were going to school every day. I, but even though I went to school every day, I didn't start off school. At the, I was two weeks late one year. Right? So mm-hmm. we would be watching together. And then I would go on. You know, the shit that I remember in that time is sickening. Because that's a process that somebody should never experience. That wasn't fair for you. That wasn't fair for you to be promised this, that, and a third. And us not be able to tap in and speak up. Because not speaking up cripples us. Mm-hmm. Being afraid cripples us. Mm-hmm. Not saying what we need cripples us. Mm-hmm. Not wanting to be challenged cripples us mm-hmm. um being too caught up on our ego cripples us mm-hmm. it is so crippling to constantly see the same situations of i'm challenged i'm i'm, I'm going through this i'm constantly vis- seeing in my face every day something that i do not have that i need mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. especially to advance in a way that i think right mm-hmm. and not have those resources be 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 fulfilled and not be able to rely on the people who are supposed to nurture me and keep me safe. They're actually the the center of contention and and, and trauma in my life. That's the key. And can we? Uh, I just want to kind of kind of throw back just a, just a little bit when it came down to truancy. Um, understanding at that time, which is very interesting, why there was never a <laughs> APB put out about why. Okay, I didn't return back. That's that's fine. Maybe she started a different school, mm-hmm. but why not also just checking and investigating to see whether or not she was truly in school, in another 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 school, um, your former school. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think at that moment, was it important for them to figure that out? No. Um, but yeah, just knowing that if I'm being told that I'm going to be enrolled back into that school, it's like yo, like it's it's amazing how. You look at things now and you wonder, well, what if somebody would have told that I was, I was, I was not in school? That could have been some serious problems right then and there. Yeah, that could have been, you know, an arrest, Mm -hmm. serious trouble that could have happened. Because truancy is something that does get parents incarcerated. And we always say, well, poverty shouldn't be criminalized. Poverty shouldn't be criminalized. But it is. I get that 100%. But it is. But in this situation, it wasn't just poverty that existed as a barrier between your education. It was also decisions that were made that were costly and barred you from being able to seek education elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Out of control. Out of, this is where I want you to go. Even if it's not best for the family. Even if it wasn't best for you. If it, even if it wasn't best for the health of our foundation right and i think if we've taken any way anything away from that is that we've had to scream and shout and we've had to step outside of the foundation Mm -hmm. that was crumbling to say we need help and it's still a journey that we're working on Mm -hmm. as grown women Mm -hmm. it's still a conversation we have today Mm-hmm. with or without our parents mm-hmm. you know and it's still something that it's just like I can't believe this happened and I've used the tools around me but it's created a space where we can have these candid conversations and help other individuals figure out how to proceed forward as we are on our healing journey yeah it's just it's a lot of healing that needs to be dealt with mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing now Yes, and that's an ongoing process. However, I'm so proud of you, and I can't say it enough. I look up to you. I absolutely adore you. I absolutely love you. A lot of what I do is moving, right, to help move the needle, not only for myself, but for you and for our future children, if we so choose to to have them, and for our future as old-ass women sitting on a porch 
you know, rocking back and forth and talking about um, where's the next place we're going to go and how I threw out my back. <laughs> and I always said, too, before we end this segment, I'm not successful until I reach back and pull somebody else through the doors that I was able to knock through. I still believe that to this day. And you've so, already done that for me. Just so you know, I believe in you as strongly as you believe in me. And I admire you as much as you admire me. And I just know that we have been each other's ladder mm. for a lot of different things. Yes. So it's almost about, it's always about reaching back, but making sure also to we reach to those who are going through the same exact thing. Toya? Cookie? You know I love you, girl. You know I love you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Happy feelings in the air. Yeah. Touching people everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, my question to you after this whole deep conversation we had. What is making you happy? I can hardly wait for Christmas. I love that song. Oh, I love that song too. January snow. February snow. <laughs> Spring, it takes too long. And the summer rolls go. And I. Yo, I know we probably read, like murdered these lyrics, but me, yo, y'all know that song with the old OJ's. Oh, or my gift to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alexander O'Neill. See, we we old souls on some real junk, though. Anyways, I'm gonna tell you. Hold on. Shake a hand, shake a hand, y'all. <laughs> All right, Daddy. All right, Daddy. Hey, hey. For me. <laughs> you play way too much. <laughs> Baby, special criminal. You gotta say criminal. <laughs> no, I'm really looking forward to holiday season because I feel like it gives a new sense of hope. Mm-hmm. And I wish that we could bottle up the emotions that begin from, damn it, October 31st mm-hmm. to the end of the year. I wish we could bottle up those emotions and how we feel and keep that shit all year round. Because around that time, you start to feel like, wow, like you, you really start to get into the holiday spirit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for somebody who the holiday spirit hasn't existed for a long time, you don't want to feel that. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to connect with that in a way that... It's very different from the trauma of fucking hating the holidays. Mm-hmm. Like, there would be so many moments where I would see friends posting their families on, you know, the holidays. Or the holidays made me recognize how traumatic it is. And instead of wanting to create new traditions for myself, not having money, being frustrated, da da da, I would just shut off. I don't want to be a be be around or bothered on the holidays. And I would have friends who would text me on the side and just, you know, think of me. And I appreciated that so much because they recognized how, I guess, horrific the holidays was. And so for me to look forward to the holidays and create new things and have my own coins and, you know, be able to do shit Mm -hmm. makes me feel a hell of a lot better because sometimes it's about just creating new shit for you, new boundaries and Mm -hmm you know, being very protective of your space. And so I do look forward to that. So. So. So what about you? Moi? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So, <laughs> uh, same with the holidays. Um, it's coming up. Uh, it does put you in a different headspace. Mm. Um, Got my toes curling, buddy. I'm done. I, if y'all heard that. Uh, but, toes, uh, girl. <laughs> but um, also just being happy to to move forward mm. uh, after everything we've, we've ever been through. Every single thing we've ever been through. Yeah. Being able to push forward. And that means a lot because, you know, we didn't, we didn't stop. We didn't let whatever situation that could have truly killed us 
Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be our, our, our mental, our physical being, mm-hmm. we, we, we kept persevering. So I'm happy that us being right now at the present moment, being able to discuss our our lives in the way that we're discussing it to those who are possibly going through the same exact thing that we have been through, to know that they're not alone, being able to hold on to know that Whatever it is that we desire to do, mm-hmm. we can do it. Let's do it. Do Go on and do it. Do it. Do it till you're satisfied. I was on a different song. <laughs> and it was like, let's do it. You know you are just no help. I was on that. Baby, take it. Oh, well, yeah. no. Baby, we can do it. Take your time. Do it right. We can do it, baby. Do it tonight. Maybe we can do it. I was like, take your time. Take your time. Both mean the same exact thing, though. I, I mean, well, actually, that song was. Uh, well, listen, do, listen, listen, listen. In the context that we're talking about, we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, man, they both mean. Man, listen, in the context that we're talking about it, we're talking about just, you know, whatever it is that you're going through in life, know that, yes, it may be a challenge, but at the same period of time, just keep. Just keep holding on, keep you keeping your faith strong, it, and know that. Do it. Why are you doing Michael Montana? Anyways, just know that you guys can can achieve whatever you put your hearts, your hearts and your minds to. So just stay positive, keep that happy feeling. I'm done because she, all the <laughs> girl, you know how I do it. That's how I go. I thought it was girl, I love the way you do it. Man, listen, it's one of the two. <laughs> Well, we ain't going to tell nobody else. <laughs> now, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Broke Black Bougie Podcast. So you know what I'm about to ask for. You know what I'm about to ask for. You know what I'm about to do. Please visit www.brokeblackbougie.com to stay up to all the latest and the greatest. Greatest. Inspiration. Inspiration. All right. All right. (laughs) Through the Broke Black Bougie community. And while you're on the site, be sure to subscribe to the Broke Black Bougie newsletter to stay in touch with all of the upcoming events, tips, conversations that we have online. Right? And so you can be the first to know what's happening online. My sister, tell it, tell it, tell it, tell it, tell it. All right. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.